Hi, everyone. Hope you've all been doing well since you released our first episode. Thanks for joining us again for the second episode of our Stories of Wise podcast. Stories of Wise is brought to you by the Women in Science and Engineering chapter, also known as WISE, here at the University of Toronto. WISE seeks to empower marginalized groups in STEM and promote a supportive and inclusive environment that helps people achieve their full potential as future engineers, entrepreneurs, and scientists. Stories of Why seeks to highlight and amplify diverse voices in STEM through different monthly themed interviews found on our Instagram and Medium pages. For those of you new to the podcast, my name is Wazia, and I'm one of the Stories of Wise editors this year and the co-host of this podcast. And my name is Nicole. I'm another one of the Stories of Wise editors for this year and the co-host of this podcast with Wazia. So this month, Stories of Wise reached out to various professors all across the University of Toronto in different faculties like the Faculty of Arts and Science and the Faculty of Applied Science and Engineering. And we wanted to hear their thoughts on the transition back to in-person learning. So this September, we saw the return of students and professors back to campus after the university switched to online learning back in March 2020. And Stories of Wise wanted to highlight the professor's perspective on their transition back into the classroom, because just like students, professors also experienced firsthand the impact a pandemic can have on learning. So from navigating lectures on Zoom to hosting virtual office hours, professors organized courses that hosted hundreds of students while also struggling with the loss of human connection that so many of us craved in this past year. So today, we are so excited to delve deeper into this topic with Professor Kilkenny. Absolutely. Hi. Um, thank you, everyone. And I'm, I'm very excited to be part of today's conversation. So I am Dawn Kilkenny. I'm an associate professor in the teaching stream in biomedical engineering. And I have a cross appointment to ISTEP, which is the Institute for Studies in Transdisciplinary Engineering Education and Practice. I've been at the university for over 13 years now. And the majority of my teaching focus has been on biology courses for our biomedical engineering students, and in particular, those in the engineering science program. I typically teach the graduate students as well. However, uh, course, courses change from year to year, course assignments change depending upon, you know, the other, the other roles that I'm fulfilling. Uh, my research focus is twofold. Um, I have a background in physiology, and therefore, I'm very interested in cellular physiology, cellular metabolism. We do a lot of uh, protein engineering, and we look at how that signaling changes inside our cells and our body and in response to a, a different microenvironment. Um, but I'm also very interested in, in edu engineering education and in particular, laboratory curriculum. So optimizing the learning experience for our engineering students when they have the opportunity to be in our teaching facilities and our laboratory spaces. Other things that I'm involved in at U of T, I am a, a validator for our undergrad biomedical engineering club, CUBE. I am overseeing the faculty of applied science and engineering undergraduate summer research program. I'm involved in some AR, VR, virtual reality initiatives across the university. And I think one of the things I'm most excited about is I am the faculty liaison for the Discovery Educational Program. And it's a program that was started by engineering graduate students. And it's a partnership with some of the secondary schools in our, in our local community and their teachers. And we bring these students on campus to immerse in our labs and learn about STEM 
in an effort to, to retain their interest as they make that secondary to post-secondary transition. So lots of different things going on. It's a pretty exciting place to be and, and a lot of great people to work with in our university community. Thank you so much for the intro. It seems like you have your hands on a lot of different things at U of T and it's really great to see your involvement. And I especially like the part where you're getting people to go into the lab. And I think that's super important because you really don't entirely see what it's like on a day-to-day -day basis until you're in there. So. Yeah, I, I would agree. And when I was an undergrad student, I was very naive as to what scientific research actually was. And, you know, so therefore, I think it's really important for me to make these opportunities available to our students, because knowledge is power. And the sooner you learn about these things, the better informed you are about your career path and your your future training. Definitely agree. So now that we've been moving back to campus and in person teaching, what has been your favorite part about all of this? being able to leave my house and be with people again. And um, that's twofold. That's being with my students. I really feel like we are like a family uh, in, in my third year biomedical engineering classes. Students themselves, as you know, are pretty excited to be back on campus. So it's a, it's a very positive vibe to be in the classroom, in the lecture room with these guys. I, I really, it makes me feel really good to, to be back in person. But I also really appreciate the ability as I'm moving around campus to just bump into people. And we have those random conversations and brainstorming and just catching up. And those are things that we really missed while we were virtual. Yeah, I can definitely relate to like being able to see people again in person and just getting that human connection factor back again, because I don't think I realized how important it was for like the university experience to actually see my peers in person and just be with everyone. So yeah, that's awesome that everyone's able to experience that again. So our next question kind of deals with maybe like the discomfort students are facing while being back on campus after a year and a half away from the university community. And a lot of students are experiencing imposter syndrome since they're back in person and they're surrounded by their peers again. Have you experienced this yourself and what advice would you give to those who are trying to manage it? That's a really great question. And, and upfront, absolutely. Um, and even today, there's a lot of situations that I'm in where, where I feel that I don't belong or I shouldn't be there. And, and it's hard for students because a lot of them have never been to campus or they're coming back to a campus that isn't the way they remember. So it's very important that we, you know, we recognize it's okay to feel that way. And the advice that I would give to students in particular is don't forget you're here at U of T for a reason. Um, you know, your, your personality, your contributions, your successes to date have all demonstrated that the university feels you're a valuable part of our community. And we're all in this together. We're all in a different scenario, a different campus. Um, but again, you're here for a reason. You were selected to be part of the community and you're gonna help us make our in-person experience better as we come to a new normal. Yeah, that's really great advice and definitely something that we should all keep in mind, myself included. Moving on, you mentioned in your interview for our Medium article on the importance of connection and just being able to connect with others now that we're back on campus, both in the classroom and among like others in the faculty. So could you say a little bit more on how that's been going? 
it's actually been going better than I, I thought. I was very hesitant. I wasn't certain how the return to campus was going to be. Um, for the most part, everyone has been extremely positive. And I think we're now at a, um, a point in the term where we've demonstrated that we can do this in-person thing successfully. And as a consequence, the university is allowing us to do more. So teaching spaces are, are opening up a little bit more. As you know, the, the, the COVID protective requirements, the distancing and so forth has been modified. And that's allowing us to, to really be able to work together more. And, and I really think um, students, to a certain degree have been very hesitant about resuming activities with the different student clubs and other initiatives that are going on on campus. And I really encourage students to seek those opportunities out. And if, you know, clubs that you're interested in aren't active right now, then, you know, there's motivation there to resume that activity, be the driver behind bringing people back together. Because I think it is really important to to step away from your coursework, from your program, interact with other people, um, interact with people in other programs or other faculties, um, your, your professors. Uh, your professors are people too, and, and they've been missing out on this human contact. So, you know, I, th I think we're all seeking this. And I, I think if you're willing to jump in, do take advantage of these extracurriculars and other opportunities. Yeah, for sure. And as things are opening up, there are, like, as you mentioned, a lot more opportunities. Is there anything specific that you wanted to highlight as opportunities that you know of that you think would be good for students to get involved in? Oh, Lord, <laughs> that's a big question. I mean, it really depends on what your interests are. And, um, you know, I can speak from my experience with CUBE, again, the, the Club for Undergraduate Biomedical Engineering. And, and, you know, historically speaking, CUBE has been very proactive and one of their initiatives has been to hold practical workshops in the biomedical undergraduate teaching laboratory. And of course that facility has been closed for some time. When it opened back up for, um, for regular scheduled activity, CUBE was very proactive and was able to negotiate time within the space with the coordinator to be able to bring club members in to, to um, have the chance to catch up on some of the skill development that maybe they missed in the last year or so. So I think that, you know, um, again, whatever club you're interested in, it's okay to try to push the boundaries a little bit and seek this permission to, to resume the, the normal activity. Um, because, you know, Toronto is pretty dynamic place and, and we like to see student initiative and, and we like to see new initiatives. Yeah, that's awesome that they were able, that they pushed to like get members to be back in person. I feel like for clubs, um, I know for Y specifically, everything's been virtual the last year, including like our national conference and things like that. So it's really great to hear about other clubs that are really pushing for in-person. Yeah, you um, know, with Cube, when they reached out to me about, about the initiative, my first reaction was, are you sure you're allowed to do this? But they had got worked with the laboratory coordinator, checked that all the, the safety constraints were in place. And I really applauded that they they felt it was of value and they they went after it. So um, kudos to them. So it's, it's, you know, it's this kind of student initiative and community that I really like to support. And I like therefore to be the faculty uh, validator for this type of activity because I like to help the students achieve these goals. 
Yeah, for sure. And I'm sure the students all find it like extremely valuable too, to be able to kind of get these like more normal experiences back in their school life. Yeah, I think they don't feel so left behind because, you know, everyone last year not being able to do their their in-person um, skill development felt like they were really missing out. And the residual feeling is that when they go out to do their PEY or they go out in there to find their first uh, job, they're not going to have the same skill level as everyone else. And I think students really have to remember we're even across the board on that. But if you do have the opportunities to fill those gaps, take a jump at it, uh, you know, pursue that opportunity if your schedule will allow. Mm -hmm. Yeah, for sure. So I guess shifting more to the research side of things, you also mentioned in our interview for our Medium article that while biological research has decelerated during online schooling, educational research accelerated. Can you share some of the breakthroughs that your team was able to make in terms of educational research and what you were able to learn from it? <laughs> I'm sorry, I just I chuckle at the word breakthrough. I don't consider myself to be anyone um, that actually does breakthroughs. But I think, you know, we given my interest in in particular in the laboratory curriculum and the learning that students do in the lab spaces, we were really forced to try a lot of diverse activity online. There were a lot of professors who opted to do um, send kits to, to student homes to try to allow them to work through activities a lot of multimedia brought in to try and substitute. And I think that's one of the things that we were really able to discern is what actually works in an online environment and what doesn't in terms of a laboratory substitute. And we were able to do to, to publish a couple of studies on our findings within our engineering student cohort but recommendations that we would share with others, right? Sometimes an idea sounds really good, but when you try to implement it, it's not. And I think one of the things we really learned a lot about was the diversity of our students' learning styles. So for me, I teach biomedical engineering. You would assume that students in this cohort are relatively consistent in their learning. And there are a lot of things about student learning that are not consistent, and that's what makes us all unique and independent. So we've learned how to uh, create curriculum that's effective. We've learned to create curriculum that is accessible to students, and we've learned to create curriculum that students can be competent in and that can still hold their skill development level as they move forward and re-immerse into the actual lab environment. And, and the other thing I'll say is we did do a lot of work through the Discovery Educational Program. And again, that's the program that focuses on senior high school students. And we made a difference in a lot of those students' success in their science classes and then their opinions about where they could move forward in their post-secondary learning. And, and that's something I'm really proud of. And that's great that you were able to continue that. And there have been so many shifts in the educational landscape in the past couple of years, just with transitioning everything to online and still trying to provide students with, you know, an education that brings them up to the level they need to be when entering the workforce. So learning has changed a lot. How do you see it continuing to change within the next couple of years, both in the future of like teaching and with student learning? How do you see it changing? You know, I think um, a lot of us were hoping that virtual, virtual classes, virtual learning was just a temporary thing until 
the COVID-19 pandemic uh, passed and a lot of people are ready to just return to what they did before. And I think that's a mistake. I think there were a lot of valuable things that were created and developed in terms of teaching and learning during the pandemic. And I think we would be very remiss if we didn't carefully look at those positives and integrate them into our teaching and learning as we move back on campus. So I think there's a really great opportunity for hybrid learning, taking classes and that are in person, but introducing online or virtual elements to help support student learning and success. I think there are probably things that we did in person before that we don't need to do in person anymore. And that's particularly relevant at an institution like Toronto that is large, but really suffers from a lot of time and space constraints. So I think we could better optimize our schedule of interaction. We could really scaffold virtual and in-person activities that could probably better support our learning uh, and our student outcomes. And I think that's something that I will be moving forward with next semester. I took over a course last year that did have a strong laboratory component. Of course, we had to design virtual labs. Now, as we go back in person, I think there's a lot of great opportunity to provide virtual support to the laboratory learning as the students come back into the teaching lab. So that's probably gonna change the lectures a little bit. Um, we will maybe take some, some effort away from the lectures and make that into learning opportunities directly in the lab space. Um, but I think uh, there's a lot of, of faculty members who might agree with me that there's a great opportunity to do this hybrid style teaching. And I think that also is helpful for a lot of our students who like me are commuters. And we spend a lot of time where we're not online, but we're not on campus either. And I think we can probably optimize and uh, make our time more efficient. Yeah, I completely agree with like basically everything you said. I think like the professional workforce is definitely taking on like these hybrid elements and continuing forward with them. So it'd be really cool to see the educational landscape also continuing these elements too, just because I think there was a lot of value found in transitioning to an online environment. And I'm a commuter too, so I would love to see the hybrid format continue for my final year next year. Yeah, and you know, I think you're exactly right. You know, if you're going to move into a workforce that has changed, then it's our job to help you prepare for that uh, workforce style and schedule. And if it's going to be hybrid, then we need to do something about that now so that you feel comfortable moving to that type of, of work. Yeah, I'm definitely excited to see how the future of teaching and just education comes out to be I know my like I have little cousins and I'm definitely sure that their university experience is going to be pretty different but also hopefully pretty good too so I'm really excited for that <laughs> yeah I think you're right I I agree with you yeah well Professor Kilkenny that was our last question for you thank you so much for taking the time to talk to us today and share all these amazing responses with us to our listeners make sure to check out our medium article and Instagram posts at stories of wise that highlight all of our October features for the month, including our interview with Professor Kilkenny. So thank you.